And now, a carriage approaches to take you into the boundless realm of the supernatural. Once on board, remain safely seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside. And watch your children, please. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we discuss all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Jose. My name is Christina. And this week, we are going to discuss Disneyland. We have been uh, jonesing for some Disneyland adventures but we haven't been able to go due to COVID. Honestly, I, I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to do a Disneyland episode. As For as much as we love everything Disney. I know. We are going to spend this episode talking about our favorite rides, experiences, places to eat. But Disneyland is also really special because that's the place where you and I were engaged. You proposed to me. You actually shocked the heck out of me. I think I'm pretty good about catching on to things, but you just, I mean, totally surprised me. I had no idea. Yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) It was late at night, proposed right in front of the castle. It was about 10 o'clock. Yeah. Ish. We were all really tired. I was was holding on to the ring all day, anxiously waiting to propose and made my, made my move. Wow. Yeah, we have video of it thanks to uh yeah, family and I'm so thankful for that. You mm-hmm. know, we've captured that moment. We did indeed. For our daughter to one day look back on before we dive too much into this topic. What do we have on tap? Today I have uh White Claw Mongo. Mm. Mango. <laughs> um delicious. Absolutely delicious. And I'm drinking Wonderland. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's delicious. Wonderland Nectarine Ale by Sierra Nevada. In our Sierra Nevada series. That's what I had last time. You had this. It's delicious. Very, very good. I think you called it Wanderland. Yeah, I did. did. You stressed (laughs) the A, which is fine. Jokingly, not seriously. Right. Uh, what I like about this is that in the skyline on the artwork on the label, there's like this nectarine, but it kind of looks like a butt, doesn't it? A little bit. Looks like a booty over the mountains. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, very good. Glad you're co-hosting with me once yes, again. Yes, I love co-hosting. Yes. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Christina and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about or mildly interested in for a few minutes to engage with ideas and deepen our understanding about the world. This week, I will discuss Walt Disney's connection to the Catholic Church. Ooh. Who would have thunk? So, Walt Disney, he really uh, made his fortune after he made the Snow White film. 
Yes. And so he bought some property in Burbank mm -hmm. uh, for his studios, but then also he hoped to build a park mm -hmm. across the street, which ended up being built in Anaheim. But he had his studios and he had the property. At that time, the Catholic Church, the Archdiocese of LA, uh, was looking for property to build a hospital because in the area, they had about 300,000 people, but they only had about 100 hospitals. So they thought, let's build a hospital for the residents in the San Fernando Valley. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how Walt knew this, but he decided that he would donate several acres of his property in Burbank across from Walt Disney Studios mm -hmm. to the LA Archdiocese so they could build a hospital. Uh, which eventually came to be called St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, he also donated significant funds uh, to the project to build the hospital. Um, he actually ended up sitting on the board of the hospital. He attended the groundbreaking in 1943. And, this is amazing, offered the talent of his artists, like mm. Mary Blair, yeah. to create artwork for the hospital. So Walt became very involved in this construction of this Catholic hospital right across the street from his uh, studios. And so conversely, when Disneyland opened in 1955, the Archbishop of LA was there for the groundbreaking. He even gave the nuns who work in the hospital lifetime passes to Disneyland so they could go whenever they wanted to. Wow. They had a relationship born out of the construction of this hospital. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 1966. Mm -hmm. um, tragically, Walt went to the hospital, St. Joseph's Hospital, mm -hmm. for a doctor's visit. And it turned out that at that visit, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Yeah. If you didn't know, Walt Disney was like this chain smoker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. And very shortly thereafter, he was admitted to the hospital at St. Joseph's, built on the acres that he had donated to the church yeah. to begin with. And from his hospital room, he could see Walt Disney Studios. And just the day before he ended up dying in that hospital room, um, he and his brother Roy talked about the vision for this Florida yeah. Disney park. Uh -huh. And the next day, of course, uh, Walt Disney died. Yeah. To this day, Walt Disney, the company, they still are a major donor and supporter of St. Joseph's Hospital. They've contributed tons of money. They've built additional wings. They even have space for cancer research. So the, that relationship started back in the day with Walt Disney and the Archdiocese of LA. That relationship still continues. Wow, that's amazing. I, I had no idea. No, neither did I. That is just, wow. Yeah, this hospital that he helped to build and was integral in the development of was the hospital that he ended up dying in. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. What do you have for us, Pam? Well, that that led me to uh, see what type of religious background Walt actually had. Was he a religious man at all? So I kind of uh, Googled him a little bit and, uh, you know, stumbled upon the fact that he was a very devoted congregationalist Christian. That was his family's religion. In fact, uh, Walt owes his name, in a sense, to religion. Walt's father, Elias, was a very good friend of Reverend Walter Parr, who preached at the St. Paul Congregational Church, where the family attended church. 
Hence, Walter Elias Disney. Oh. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. And so, um, you know, I got this information from the Magic and Pixels website here on Google. Um, also, there is an author named Roland Gammon. And he went on a search of famous people for content on his 1963 book about prayer, Faith is a Star. And uh, Walt actually did a piece for him. And I'm just going to, you know, read a little snippet of what he uh, submitted, but it kind of shed some light on where he stood Mm -hmm. um, as far as like his faith. So Walt says, quote, in these days of world tensions, when the faith of men is being tested as never before. I am personally thankful that my parents taught me at a very early age to have a strong personal belief and reliance in the power of prayer for divine inspiration. My people were members of the Congregational Church in our hometown of Marceline, Missouri. It was there where I was first taught the efficacy of religion, how it helps us immeasurably to meet the trial and stress of life and keeps us attuned to the divine inspiration so i thought that was very cool to learn that he actually had a living faith we can open up a whole nother can of worms as to how a lot of christians these days view some of his work as demonic or whatever but yeah i mean the man had faith in God. And in fact, Elias Disney, Walt's dad, was a deacon and named Walt after the family minister, which I spoke about earlier, uh, Walter Parr. And um, Walt's brother, Herbert, had a daughter named Dorothy, and she married a minister, Glenn Pewter. Uh, It was at Walt's request that the Reverend Pewter delivered the invocation at Disneyland's grand opening on July 17, 1955. Represented at the dedication were Catholic, Jewish, and Protestant faiths. So how cool is that? So yeah, that that information was, again, from Roland Gammon. And uh, it was just such an interesting read, you know, and, and to discover this information about Walt. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I had no, again, no clue. Well, thank you for sharing what you <laughs> shared because, I mean, that that prompted me to dig a little deeper into the subject. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can say in the end, faith really brings us together. It does. You know, we can we can talk about magic and the magic of things, but really the substance is truly fate. Which to the world might look like magic. <laughs> True. Absolutely. Well, the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake. Spooks of wing and wake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts are not to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Alright, so in this main segment of our show, we are going to discuss Disneyland, our favorite things to do at Disneyland. So before we dive in, though, why do you love Disneyland so much? Why do I love Disneyland so much? What's the Um, appeal? My first Disneyland experience was when I was five, and my parents took me there for the first time. 
And I still remember it like so fondly, so many details. But I clearly remember getting separated from my parents on the Skyway. Mm. And for those of you who are not old like me, <laughs> the Skyway was like, um, it was almost like a little ski lift and it went to and from the Matterhorn. And so I don't know what happened, but my parents got on the Skyway mover ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like hung back and I went with like some other people and like I could see them. They were in front of me and they could see me. I mean, God, I'm, I would be mortified now, like as a parent, if we were, you know, if that were to happen to, to us with our daughter, mm -hmm. like I would be mortified. Yep. Mortified. But anyway, that's my first Disneyland experience. Uh, and then we went again when I was early, my early teens. And then, of course, grad night. Mm. So I really didn't get to experience Disneyland all that much growing up as a child. But I loved it. And so when I became an adult and I had money and I can afford to go to this place that was just magical to me and it didn't matter what age you were, you were able to experience everything, you know? So that's why I'm obsessed with like <laughs> going to the Disneyland parks because it's ageless. It's timeless. You know, I, I feel like a kid when, when I'm there, I enjoy all the rides and, and everything from the minute we walk through those gates, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. It's like being transported to like, a time that never existed. Yeah. In a sense, but it feels familiar. There's an old town atmosphere. Right. There's a there's a quality to it that I guess I can't quite articulate. Yeah. I mean even, you know, walking underneath uh, you know, the train mm -hmm. when you first get there and then you smell the popcorn. Right. Right away. Boom, it just hits you like the popcorn and it just has a certain smell. Yeah, totally. It's it it all the sensory factors. Yeah, it does. You and I both have had annual passes now for... Oh, quite a while. A number of years. It's worth it. For as much as we go, it's totally worth it. No, it really is. And uh, I'm bummed that Disney got rid of the annual passes. <sighs> Stupid COVID. Because of COVID. Yeah, we're looking forward to going back. It's been over a year since we've been. So we're going through the withdrawals. Yeah. Watching... You know, videos on YouTube of people going through the rides and looking back at old pictures uh -huh. on Facebook, yeah. trying to relive those moments. So we figured, let's talk a little bit about Disneyland today on the podcast. So let's begin with, what are our top three favorite things to do at the park that are non-ride attractions? Yes. So these could be things like going to the theater, going to see the presidents or the parades or what have you. We're not really big into the parades. We don't really stop for that. No, we actually take advantage of that time where everyone congregates to, you know, fight over a spot to watch the parade. You know, we're, we'd rather be riding rides. Right, because then all the lines kind of shrink. Yeah. So our number three favorite thing to do, and this is later at night, like around 8 o'clock, mm -hmm. we like to go and watch Fantasmic. So Fantasmic is this light show that takes place on tom sawyer island which i guess now is jack sparrow yeah island. they changed it they changed it yeah and this isn't this is actually another time where sometimes we'll skip it because 
everyone congregates to watch the True. show. Yeah. But I do love going to Fantasmic. I actually am one of those people who has the whole show memorized. Or as soon as it starts, I'm like singing the song. Uh, I know. And... I noticed that the last time we were there. I know. It's <laughs> embarrassing for a grown man to do it. But, but I love it. It's like you're... It's a 30-minute show. Yeah. It's, it's worth the time. But it you're is. basically... You're basically going into the imagination, the, the dream, if, if you will, mm. of Mickey Mouse. Yes. he's ha He has this dream, you could maybe call it a nightmare, where there are all these Disney villains who are battling the heroes. And there's fireworks and there's lights and audio from, from our favorite Disney movies. What's your favorite part of that? Uh, just the light show. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the light show itself is amazing. Like, I feel like um, like a little kid, you know, with my, my mouth agape, you know? It's mm -hmm. just like, whoa, look at the pretty lights. Like, it's just amazing the way that they pull everything off. And then to have that, um, the smoke in the background and basically have the whole show projected onto this smoke or dry ice or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, that's amazing. What I like about that show in particular is how they'll incorporate the actors into the show. Yeah. So one of the best scenes for me is when the pirate ship sails through mm -hmm. and you see Peter Pan, Captain Hook, and all the That's pirates right. fighting and battling it out with um, you know, the Lost Boys. Yeah. And you hear the music and that's really cool. Or even like when it's the Jungle Book one going through uh -huh. and they're all like in these like black light colors yeah. and they're lit up and it's it's really fun yeah no they do uh, an amazing job with that production if you get a chance at disneyland go check out phantasmic they congregate right over by new um, orleans square new orleans square uh -huh. the other thing our number two favorite thing to do favorite non-ride thing to do is the launch bay now yes the launch bay is super cool because I'm a Star Wars. We're both Star Wars nerds. I'm nowhere near as much of a Star Wars nerd as you are. You take the cake with that. But uh, yeah, we, we just love everything Star Wars too. So You even have like a Star Wars license plate protector. I do. My sister, yeah, she bought it off of Etsy. It was a birthday gift. Mm -hmm. But the, the launch bay is awesome. If you're a Star Wars fan of any degree, mm -hmm. they have a lot of props. They even have like... Some of the costumes. They do. The costumes are amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, you can see, like, the Darth Vader costume or, like, a Stormtrooper one. And all the different Stormtroopers, too. As a nerd, I was just, like, nerding out on yeah. all those things. And, like, the little um, models, mm -hmm. like the X-Wings or the different, you know, little towns. Mm -hmm. The weapons. Yeah. And the art, concept art. Mm -hmm. So if you love Star Wars, all that is super cool. But not only that... You get to meet your favorite Star Wars characters mm -hmm. in there as well. So we've met Kylo Ren, Darth Vader. Boba Fett. And Chewbacca. And Chewbacca. That's right. Yeah. We went once with my nephew. Yes. And we got to see... Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Which was super funny because he kind of like froze a little bit. Yes. It was almost like he was trying to process like, is this real? Yes. <laughs> Because the actor is inside the Kylo Ren suit. Yeah. And I don't know how they do it, but he had the actual Kylo Ren voice. voice yeah. So that, that was really cool. But yeah. just as an adult, 
you know, taking a child there mm-hmm. and having them experience something like that. And you could see the little hamster wheel turning like, is this real? Is this not? Like mm-hmm. the whole experience for them is so magical. And I love seeing stuff like that, you know, like just yeah. the the awe of the full immersion of Disneyland. Yeah, that was that was such a treat to go with him. Yeah. He loves Star Wars too. Yeah. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go check out the launch bay. It's in Tomorrowland. It's like towards the back. It's kind of by the Jedi Academy. Um, yeah, it's in between Space Mountain and um, Autotopia. Yes. Yeah, Autotopia? Autopia. Autopia. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. <laughs> it's in that area, <laughs> that general vicinity. And then our number one non-ride thing to do is the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yes, the Tiki 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 Room. I love that place. I know. And it, it has to be accompanied with the Dole Whip. Mm-hmm. That is a must-have. Yeah, so it, it's one of those experiences, one of those attractions to me where it's like, okay, it's midday uh-huh. or I'm tired. I need a break. Or getting out of the heat. It's air-conditioned in there. Yeah, so we'll hop in line, pick up a Dole Whip, and you go into the little the little waiting room. Yeah. And then you go into, uh, yeah, you go into the Enchanted Tiki Room. Mm-hmm. You go into this magical, fantastical experience where there's all these exotic birds and the animatronics on these birds it's just phenomenal Mm -hmm. and that is also another full immersion experience where i mean it is coming from the ceiling you know in front of you to the left to the right in back of you in the corners with the totem poles you know it's it's just everywhere you turn there's something going on and so it's like you're in a rainforest at times you can hear the rain and then you can hear yeah the totems the tiki creatures like the flowers yeah flowers even sing (laughs) you know a song and the birds, the parrots, you know, you have Jose, uh-huh. and then you have like Jean Paul or whatever. Uh-huh. His, I, I'm forgetting his name yeah. at the moment, but these different birds, they're very. It, this is from all over the world. Yeah, this is not very woke, I guess. No, <laughs> but they're all various, very stereotypically, you know, Mexican, like Italian, just like an Irish one in there, yes, yeah. German, mm-hmm. and they y'all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then uh, the Jose parrot's like, I was taking a siesta. I know. <laughs> of course. The the Mexican parrot's lazy taking a nap. Oh, my God. So that's, yeah, it's not totally well, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great experience nonetheless. Yeah. We did take um, our daughter mm-hmm. in there, and she was tiny, you know, but it was nap time, and it was hot. It was a hot day, mm-hmm. and that was a great area to go into even though they're singing and all this stuff going around um you know we had her in um her little like little car seat okay attachment but that was a perfect time to go in there get out of the heat and then she just slept so peacefully she did so that's that i love the tiki room it's a staple i do have to say one of my favorite times going though was Actually, yeah, one of my worst experiences at Disneyland for Dapper Day. Oh, God. Horrendous. But that was the time I got to meet Maynard. Yes. And if you're a Disney fan, you'll know that Maynard is like 
the king of the enchanted tiki room. Mm-hmm. He is larger than life, and he gets all into being the host of the tiki room. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Really fun. That's so awesome. Go to the enchanted tiki room at Disneyland. And don't forget your Dole Whip. Get the Dole Whip. And now, actually, they, on the app, you can order the Dole Whip through the app. If you have the Disneyland app ahead of time. Yeah. And then it takes like 10, 15 minutes. You just go pick it up. Yep. And on the other side of the Tiki Room, they have that other cafe now. And you can get a raspberry Dole Whip. Yeah. And I think there's like other flavors. Mm -hmm. The raspberry one I remember. Did we share a raspberry one? I believe we did. Yeah. Nothing Uh, beats the OG, the original. But uh, we have to make a point to try the other flavors. We will. After we get the original. (laughs) Correct. No harm in getting multiple Dole Whips. <laughs> As I talk about <laughs> watching my sugar. Right. <laughs> Disneyland is the ex- uh, the yeah. exception, though, because we literally walk, like, miles and miles from, like, sun up to sun down. We are all over that yeah. place. It's like thousands of footsteps. Yes. Miles and miles. Yeah. yeah. Now let's move on to our top three places to eat. Ooh. So number three, the pizza port. Yes. So this is a place where when we're in Tomorrowland or, you know, it's the evening and it's dinner time or even lunch. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hit up the pizza port. The thing with pizza port, though, is it's kind of tucked away kind of by Space Mountain. Um, Yeah, right next to Space Mountain. I feel like it's always busy. Yes. It's a hopping place. It's a hopping place. It's it's the port, the pizza port. But you can go in, and it's kind of like a buffet style. You get like a tray, and you can, if you want a salad, there's salad. There's... Okay, let me talk about the salads. Go ahead. Yeah. Because there is this Asian chicken edamame like salad. I don't know the name for it. It is amazing. I would go just for this salad. Mm. Like that's how good it is. And then you have the pizza on top of it. And it's not just some crap theme park pizza. Like they actually make like legit really good pizza. Mm. All kinds of different pizzas. So yeah. yeah. I like to go and I'll get a root beer and I'll get two slices of pizza. Like I'll get like a fancy they have all kinds of choices. So I'll get like a fancy one, like a combo or something. And then I'll just get a simple pepperoni pizza yeah a couple of slices and a soda that's just hits the spot i'm there for the salad really like the first time i had that salad i was like oh my god we got to go back to the pizza place i must have this salad yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah the salad the salad does look good i'm just all about the pizza at the pizza port but yeah that's just like the little kid in me i've gone to disneyland in the past with like students Mm -hmm. for like field trips and it's really cool when they give you tickets like food vouchers really and it's like ooh, okay now i can be like one of the kids and just like <laughs> turn in this voucher and get all kinds of pizza yeah those are the best field trips nice. by the way for teachers yeah everything's paid for <laughs> sign me up as a chaperone <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so go hit up the pizza port it's it's pretty good it's pretty good i like it number two however the cafe orleans oh that is One of our favorites. Mm -hmm. We always get the Monte Cristo sandwich. Mm -hmm. And we share it because it's so big. And we have to get the palm frites. Yes, the palm frites. So we share the Monte Cristo. We share the palm frites. I'll get like a mint and julep with it. Yeah. I love the mint julep. Yeah. 
I'm not that much of a fan of the mint julep, but mm-hmm. I'll take some sips off yours. But the palm frites are so oh, good. I would go there just for the palm frites. Yeah. Never mind the Monte Cristo sandwich. So what's on the palm frites? I feel like it's garlic, and <clears> then it's what's the other? Is it like uh, I think it's, oregano? No, or? it's um like parsley. Parsley. Yeah. Okay. So it's garlic, really parsley, and yeah, they're seasoned really well, and then they uh, have this sauce that that comes with it. Mm. I don't even know what's in the sauce. My mouth is watering now. I know. It's so good. Yeah. But the Monte Cristo, oh, it's like this ham cheese sandwich that's like fried, fried, like double fried. And then they put like powdered sugar on it. And then you got your side of jam yeah. that you dip your sandwich in. It's pretty. Speaking of sugar. Yeah, again. <laughs> you want to go spike your sugar? Have one of those sandwiches. But delicious. Yeah, just one order of the Monte Cristo is enough for the both of us. Yeah. Like, I'm full on just my half. Yes. Like, legit full. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like dessert. It's like a dessert dinner. Very savory dish. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, one uh, we look forward to. Very much so. Yeah. And it's not that bad. It's, it's affordable. It, yeah, especially when we're sharing it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, that's number two. Uh-huh. Cafe Orleans. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the ambiance, I have to say. You're in New Orleans Square, and many times we're there, you can hear like a New Orleans-style jazz band playing. Nolens. Nolens, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans, yeah. Like a, a New Orleans, Nolens band, jazz band playing yeah. nearby, mm-hmm. and they're so incredibly good. Yes, and I like sitting, you know, out on the patio, mm-hmm. and you get to experience the jazz band and the music, but... You just get to like people watch too, yeah. as you for sure uh, eat your meal. So that in itself is entertainment sometimes, depending on how crowded the park is. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then while we're there, I, I like to go. There's like a little side. I don't want to say restaurant, but it's attached to the Cafe Orleans. There's like a little place where you can go and order beignets. Oh, absolutely. Oh. It's a treasure trove. Yeah. So we'll get like an order of beignets. I love the mint julep, so I'll order another (laughs) mint julep. Mm. They're so good. The beignets are just, they're like melt in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Delicious. And I love the fact that they have seasonal beignets. So during the fall, they have pumpkin spice. Mm -hmm. And then they'll even have like a blue raspberry, not during the fall, you know, sometime during the year. Uh, like a blue raspberry, and I'm sure there's other flavors that we haven't experienced yet. But I love that um, seasonally they change up their flavors at the beignets. They're so good. Yeah. You're eating these like Mickey Mouse shaped beignets, just drenched in powdered sugar. How does your troglodyte brother uh, uh, pronounce? Yeah, my brother. My... <laughs> when we went with them, he kept calling them bignets. I'm like, what the I'm hell? I'm like, is that intentional? That's got to be intentional. No, he just doesn't know how to pronounce it. What the hell are you talking about? Do you mean beignets? <laughs> <laughs> Learn French, you travel with that. Yeah. Yes. So funny. But yeah, so I'll eat a beignet. My hands are just covered in the powdered sugar. Yeah. And I'll just lick my own fingers just shamelessly. Yeah. Probably another reason why the park's closed during COVID. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> But then you look like a fatty because then, like, you got like powdered sugar all over oh, your, yeah, all over your lap, mm-hmm. licking your fingers. 
Yeah, that's usually a telltale sign that you've been uh, eating some beignets. Or doing coke in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no nose candy. None at all. Mouth candy. Exactly. But the number one place to eat at Disneyland, which is also the hardest, well, I shouldn't say the hardest, maybe the second hardest, because the hardest would actually be... Club 33. Club 33. Yeah. Um, we're not even important enough or rich enough to even think about Club 33. Right. Aside from that, the hardest is the Blue Bayou. Yeah, getting reservations. Yes, because you have to preserve either right away or in advance because it's really hard to get out. But I got to say this, with the app now, mm -hmm. which is how I made our reservations, it was easy. I picked the day like in advance. Uh -huh. um, that week, I think before we went, I went on the app and I knew what days we were going to be there. And so it showed me what times were available for those days. Mm -hmm. And I just picked one. So it is easier now no. that there's an app. So you, have, you do you have, have to do to... it in advance, like days in advance. Yeah, you have to do it in advance. Otherwise, if you try to show up like at lunch or dinner time, you're yeah. SOL, yeah. <laughs> basically. But yeah, the Blue Bayou. Yeah. The, the ambiance there. I love that you're sitting in the dark yeah there's there are a few lights at your table you have like a little candle mm -hmm. but the ambiance is that you're in nolens right mm -hmm. and right next to you literally right next to your table there's pirates of the caribbean yes so we get to see well actually i think we're the attraction yes for them because you know i that's one of my favorite rides and we'll get to that but, you know, when you board that boat and then you're like, oh, there's all those people there in, mm -hmm. in the blue bayou eating their fancy dinner or yeah. whatever it may be. <laughs> and you're just like staring at them, you know. But it was pretty cool being on the other end and actually dining in there. And, you know, you're watching everyone go by staring at you. Yeah, and you can hear the boats just kind of move along in the water. And, and the crickets. The crickets. And, like, you can see the stars, quote-unquote stars, up on the ceiling. Yeah, right. <laughs> the food is really good. I always order the jambalaya. Uh, big old bowl of jambalaya. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And, and I had the surf and turf, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. legit good food. Yeah. It's really expensive. Yes. <laughs> it but it was a special treat yes. for you and I when we went. We That was, I think, our first time ever being away from our daughter. Mm, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So that was our first post-baby Disneyland experience sans the baby. Yeah. It was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was very romantic. It is romantic. Yes. <laughs> you feel like you're actually in that place. Right. Like, they do such a good job creating the environment. Yeah, the ambiance. Yeah. So check that out, the Blue Bayou. Yeah. I mean, if you've never been and you've been kind of deterred by it being so hard to get in reservation-wise, download the app and just make your reservation that mm -hmm. way. Um, it's super easy. And if you do it enough in advance, you know, uh, the likelihood of you getting in on the day or the time slot that you desire, is it's pretty good. So. Highly recommended. So now at this point in the episode, we're going to talk about our top three favorite rides. But at this point, Christine is going to share her top three favorite rides, and I'll share my top three favorite rides. Christina, what are your top three? Okay, so my top three 
number three would be the Haunted Mansion. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. Like, I have to go on this ride every time I go to Disneyland, seasonally as well. So, I mean, I love this ride in the summer or in the fall or for, you know, winter time. And they have the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all decorated. Yeah, I just, I love every aspect of that ride, you know, from the holding room to the elevator. Is this haunted room actually stretching or is it your imagination? Hmm? And just walking the halls to getting to the ride. I mean, it's just, again, one of those full immersion experiences and uh, there's always something to see, like around the corner. The cool thing with... With the ride, though, is, like you said, even just waiting in line, you pass by all these grave sites, and uh-huh. they have little humorous names. names. Yeah. yeah. And when you go inside, like, like you said, it's, it's they build this whole world that you're just walking into. Right. You know, when you go to Magic Mountain, I love Magic Mountain, because they have thrill rides, but they don't really have anything while you're in line. You're just standing in, like, this concrete line that's in the desert. <laughs> right. Right. But Disneyland, while you're waiting in line, there's an experience added to that. Yes. That's what I love about Disney. You know, the Disneyland parks. It's, it's always such an experience from the lines to the ride. Mm-hmm. You know, they really give you the full experience. My number three is Star Tours. Yes. I love Star Tours. And I feel bad putting it at number three, but it's one of those rides from when I was a little kid. I've always just been attracted to because I love Star Wars. Yeah. And in fact, the first time I went to Disneyland, I was in line. I had to be, I don't know, seven or eight years old. Let's, okay. Let's talk about your first Disneyland experience because we heard about mine, but we didn't hear about yours. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we had neighbors down the street Uh and they were going to Disneyland and we had never been. I was, I had to be seven years old, I think. I was in the third grade. So these neighbor kids down the street were going, and they invited us to go with them. And we had oh. never been. So this was quite the occasion. It was me and my brother, who calls it Bake Nets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just want to say, I affectionately call him a troglodyte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we were, we were really young. So my brother must have been four years old or something like that. And we hop in the neighbor's van. We go down. And um, they're all girls, by the way. Oh. And we had fun. It was a different experience. And we didn't really get to do everything. Because, you know, I I was in the third grade. I felt like I wanted to do more at the park. Mm -hmm. And these other little kids were kind of making it difficult for me to go on all the rides. Right. But this goes to my number three favorite ride. Star Tours. I was in line to go on Star Tours. I was so excited because I loved Star Wars. Right. The little girl, the little neighbor kid, started crying <gasps> because she saw R2-D2 and C-3PO. What? So we had to get out of line, and we skipped the ride altogether. What? Yeah. So your first, wait, wait, wait. your first time there, you're in line to ride Star Tours, and you don't get to ride it? I did not get to ride it. So when, how old were you when you finally got to ride it? So I had to be... 15 or 16. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow, that's huge. So it was like, it was a little tease. So I waited. That's so sad. From third grade so all the way until I think I was a sophomore or junior in wow. high school. Yeah. 
Okay, so I can see why that's definitely So there was this like on your list. Almost had it didn't get it. But then I loved you know, I've I've been able to see the 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 evolution of the ride. Yeah. From, you know, you go on the ride and there's that droid who screws up the ride and it's still fun. Yeah. You know. Then they've updated it to now it's C3PO and R2D2. And then there's like a rebel on the board uh, on board the ship. Yeah. And and the experience is different now because they change up the locations you go to. Yes. So sometimes you go to like Kashyyyk and you see the Wookiees. And then you'll go to, like, Hoth. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you'll go to, like, Endor. And you'll go to, like, the ruins of, like, the Death Star. Yeah. There's all these different, like, combinations. Yeah. So it's never the same experience twice. Right. And so when we go, it's like, okay, which which experience are we getting this time? Yeah. And because I'm a nerd, I'm always like, ooh, I hope I'm the rebel. <laughs> I've never been the rebel. I've just got to say that in my old age, I do not do well with motion mm sensing like rides right unfortunately i i get nauseated and dizzy and (laughs) it's just like i don't know what happened one day it just clicked and because i loved magic mountain as much as you do Mm -hmm. but at a certain age it just started hitting me where i was like oh my god i just felt dizzy like i feel lightheaded like what Mm -hmm. the heck is happening to me and i guess just You know, some people never hit it and they're able to just enjoy these rides um, throughout their whole lives. And I have just hit a wall where, you know, certain motion rides, um, I just feel sick. You feel nauseous. I feel nauseated. And um, Star Tours, unfortunately. Yeah. But I will take a Dramamine happily for you so that we can experience that ride. Or just not take one and just, you know, pray that... You know, I just don't feel mm-hmm. sick, <laughs> which I think we did the last time, and, and I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel bad, but yeah. Well, we were in the front row, too, so I think mm-hmm. that kind of helped. We weren't, like, all the way in the back. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would probably be on my list if it didn't affect me like it does now. Right. But, I Yeah, I can't get enough of it. I think I, I was going to mention Smuggler's Run, but I need to go on it more. That's now in the new Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars land, basically, at the park. I like Smuggler's Run. Um, I really enjoy that it's so interactive. Like, you're in the cockpit yeah. of the Millennium Falcon. But I'm so busy pushing all the buttons and hitting all the lights that I haven't really experienced the ride. Yes. I'm like a little kid with all these toys. Like Same. all these mm-hmm. esoteric lights and everything. And I'm like, ooh, buttons. Ooh. Right. And so I don't really pay attention to what's happening on the ride. Like, I still don't know what's happening. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, God, don't f- up. Like, don't f- your part up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want these people that I'm on this ride with to be like, oh, God, I just don't want them to think, like, this chick sucks. She's ruining our experience well, for us. As a, you're on the ride, you are part of the team. Right. And you contribute points. Right. And so, yeah, your team can either be high scoring or low scoring. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's some pressure to that, right? Yeah, I, I find that most people probably don't care about no. the, the points. But no. I was just so fixated on that that you're right. I, I really didn't get to enjoy the ride itself. So I, would, I too, would like to go on that ride mm-hmm. more. Pay attention to it. Yes. So it gets, it gets a mention, an honorable mention. But yeah, I think Star Tour still wins. 
for my number three spot. For yours, yes. What's your number two? My number two is Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Caribbean. Some people say Caribbean. They're wrong, but fine. You know, whatever. Potato, potato. <laughs> but I love uh, that ride because, one, let's just talk about the smell. Hmm. Okay, Pirates has a certain smell that... It's like when you smell it, you know right away. It's like, oh my god, that's the Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's a certain chemical in the water. It's not bleach. I forget the other chemical that they actually put in the water. But that's what gives the ride its smell. So, um, but yeah, that's that's another ride that it's like it 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 takes you all over. And I mean, you're you're underground mm-hmm. basically. I still haven't found that hidden mickey yet yeah i have not either so allegedly there's a hidden mickey somewhere it's in that jewel room with all the treasure yeah we even took our daughter Mm. for the first time when she was two months old i can't believe we did this (laughs) and uh her first ride was pirates of the caribbean and i had her in one of those little baby bjorns and she was asleep the time and i'm thinking to myself oh god please just let her please just let her sleep this whole time i don't want to be one of those moms where i've got the screaming baby Mm -hmm. and like once you're on that ride you're on that ride like there's no getting off like there's no stopping the ride and i just had this fear of ruining this you know these people's experience you know if, if my baby were to start crying uncontrollably um and thank god she just slept the whole time and of course i'm like sweating bullets so that was the one time that i wasn't really able to enjoy one of my favorite rides like maybe do. but mm-hmm. um yeah that was that was her first ride so i love pirates i love that when you go in it's like you're going in through like Nolans, like yes. the swamp, and yes. then you kind of go in and you enter into this world of pirates who are taking over this little village and they're pillaging and they're chasing women and yes. getting drunk. And there was that iconic auction of the women. Yeah, it's really, there's so many changes to be PC mm-hmm. that um, just. You know, you sneeze or you fart and it offends people these days. You know, it's like, my God. Mm-hmm. So now... We're rewriting history, basically. Yeah. So now the red, the red-haired woman is one of the pirates. Yes. Kind of, and instead of selling the women, now it's like people in the town are selling their goods. Yes. And one of the other changes in recent years was they added Jack Sparrow. Yes. To the story. Mm-hmm. So... You can see Jack Sparrow hiding from the pirates, or he's like snooping at treasure maps. Yeah. So they kind of added a storyline to the ride, but it's it's another iconic ride. We, we can't forget about uh, the woman is now chasing the man. Oh yeah. Instead of the man chasing her. Yeah. Like they changed all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, and then of course there's that another uh, so many iconic moments on that ride, but. Those guys down in the jail cell, like, uh-huh. whistling to the dog, yes. trying to get the key. Yes. Yeah, and that moment was in the movie mm-hmm. Pirates when they were chasing that dog yeah. to get the key. But, yeah, great ride. Yeah. Classic. Yes. I, w- I would just 
yeah, encourage you get in line for Pirates. It's like a 15 minute wait. Sometimes it's longer. That but... is one of the rides that actually moves fast. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like no matter how packed or busy the park is, you're still able to get on that ride in a fairly decent amount of time. And allegedly, if you go on the right side of the lines, you know, usually there's two. Uh, one veers off to the left and one veers off to the right. Allegedly, the right side is faster. And I would kind of have to agree for as many times as we've been and we've gone on that ride. Yeah, you get in quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Come on, now be a nice my number two is the Jungle Cruise. Yes. I love the Jungle Cruise. I feel like I could be the the tour guide on I the Jungle like Cruise. I feel like you could be too. Absolutely. <laughs> a thousand percent. There are so many times where I've been, and I always, in my mind, judge the person. Like, okay, how funny are you? <laughs> how well are you delivering these lines? Like, how deadpan and sarcastic are you? Yes. And I feel like I could do that much better than they could. But it, it's funny, like... These lines, again, there are so many iconic lines that I've memorized them. Well, I know because we're on the ride. We're on the cruise. Mm -hmm. For instance, the backside of the water. And here's my husband just saying word for word uh, with the tour guide. And I'm just rolling my eyes Mm -hmm. because you're... Well, I don't want to say that you're ruining the experience for other people around you who have not heard these notorious, notoriously bad jokes, but funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you it's almost like when you stare at someone and you start mouthing like what mm-hmm. they're saying, like you're parroting like yeah. the jokes, yeah. basically. So yeah, I might roll my eyes, yeah. but I, I find it comical that you literally have almost all of those jokes memorized. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at the lions. They're they're guarding that zebra while it's asleep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the man eating piranhas. Don't worry, ladies and children. You're, <laughs> You're right. It's like there's all these one liners. I actually really appreciate though when one of the tour guides will introduce a new joke. Uh-huh. That I've never heard before. Yeah. Like at the end of one, as we're uh, about to get off the boat, mm-hmm. the tour guide is like, all right, guys, once you're done, there's a market right across the way here. It's a little bizarre. <laughs> and what's funny is it it's a bizarre. Yeah. B-A-Z. Right. Bizarre. And yeah. it's pretty little. <laughs> yeah. But it makes it sound like it's like weird. Right. Play, I love playing on words, yeah. puns, and uh-huh. that. Very punny. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's, I love going through this little jungle on this boat. And the, I love the jokes. I love, you know, seeing the hippos come up and the elephants. And now there's some controversy that they're going to have to change some of the elements because I guess it's racially insensitive. Uh-huh. So they're going to do some more changes to Jungle Cruise so that it's not kind of insensitive towards indigenous people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially like if they're in Africa, you know, like making you know, Africans look like they're savage. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. I just, I don't know. There's just something about And it's about another that. ride to cool off on. For sure. When it's a hot day. I mean, that's definitely one we like to mm-hmm. um, hop on and just kind of cool off and chill out. Yeah. I could go on and on about the Jungle Cruise. I love that ride. Wait, isn't there a movie, Jungle Cruise movie? Did it come out already? I... Have we not seen it? think it's coming out okay it has not come out yet no and it's gonna star the rock right because now the rock is in everything i know i like the rock 
Me too. I feel like he's... God bless him. You know, I just, I hope he just rides this wave for as long as it'll go for him. Yeah, but unfortunately he was making some comments like, I'm keeping my ear to the ground and I might run for president someday. And it's like, no, please don't. Stick to TV and Okay, movies. well, you know what? If it comes down to him or Trump, True. I will vote for The Rock any day of the week. Same. <laughs> All right, what's your number one? My number one is Indiana Jones. Classic. I love that ride. I grew up, you know, watching all of the Spielberg movies mm -hmm. and stuff. And so Indiana Jones was one for me. I probably should not have watched these movies when I was as young as I was um, because they're pretty scary. Like they have some pretty... Uh, adult content and it can be very very scary for young children but um yeah i i grew up watching the indian jones movies so mm -hmm. when disney came out with the indiana jones ride i knew it was going to be epic mm -hmm. and that's another one where you stand in line and there's always something to see there's something to do it's interactive you can pull on some rope and uh kind of make the tunnel you know quake a little bit yeah there's just always something to do or to see or watch while you're waiting in line to get on the ride and then the ride itself I mean, mm -hmm. come on, like that, the way they pulled off those Jeeps, and I mean, you really feel like you're riding, like just this crazy, out of control Jeep ride all along, all through this, this, this ride, and it's just nonstop, like action. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And I love how they've incorporated, you know, all of the Indiana Jones. Well, you know what? Did they incorporate the Crystal Skull? I don't think they have, no. I don't think they have either. But despite that, it it's it's a great ride from start to finish. Mm. Like adventure, um, it's one of the more actiony rides mm -hmm. at Disneyland. Yeah. So if that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, yeah. I'll take it. What I love is like I said, you're on the Jeep and you feel like you're being jostled. Yes. Your off-road journey is high-speed and turbulent, going over rough and rugged terrain, and then suddenly you are turning sharply and dropping suddenly. It is unlike anything you have ever experienced, I assure you. And then you go over, like, a drawbridge, and there's, like, to your side, this giant, like, skull with lights and flames. You, and... you feel the heat, too. Yeah. And then you turn a corner, and then suddenly there's a giant snake with, uh -huh. like, jewels all over it. Or the, um... Uh, the poisoned arrows? Yeah, the poisoned arrows, and you feel the, the air as if they're, like, breezing by your face. Yep. I always like to be like, oh, I got, got struck by an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and the rats. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like Sala. Yes. He kind of narrates as you're going through mm -hmm. the ride. Yeah. He plays Gimli in Lord of, Lord, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but yeah that's a classic ride yeah and it, like you said it has even has a reference to the giant like boulder kind of rolling towards yeah. you no it, it it's it just hits on so many epic levels for yeah. me that that i put in number one yeah and i remember when it came out they had like this whole like what was it was it a duracell campaign like duracell the batteries were like the sponsor of the ride. Really? Yeah. So I you, do not recall that. Next time we leave the ride, look up and it's like, this ride is brought to you by Duracell. What? Yeah. They still have the sign up. Really? Whenever you're exiting 
I'll point it out next wow. time. Wow. Well, yeah. leave it to you to notice that. <laughs> you know, you notice cool things like that. I try. <laughs> All right. And my number one ride, Space Mountain. Yes. I love Space Mountain. It's another epic ride. It's And what I like about this ride, though, is we have been talking about how great the Disney Imagineers have been mm -hmm. with constructing, like, environments and creating, like, this whole world. Uh-huh. Space Mountain has none of that. Right. When you go in, it's pitch black. Yeah. And you see pinpoints of stars. And you hear, like, the music, the Space Mountain music. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yes. And you're just going round and round and round in the dark. Right. At, like, really fast speeds. Yeah. And I got it now down pat to where when we are turning a corner... And going into where we have our picture taken. You know the spot exactly. You I always know. alert me to the spot. I always, yeah. Patrick, like, okay, get ready for the picture. Yeah. Get ready. And I'll, like, yeah. strike a pose or something. Like, sometimes I'll, like, be on my phone or <laughs> I'll mm. do something stupid. I think one time I dabbed. You did dab. So I know, like, even though it seems random, like, the twists and the turns, I've been on it so many times that I know the turns. You've memorized the turns. Yes. Yeah. But it, and just, it also changes um, during Halloween. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Though that's a new. What, what does it change into? Yeah, so they just change the lighting in the room. So it's not just stars. It's kind of like spooky lighting uh -huh. that's in there, um, which is really really cool too. So during Halloween, they change it to Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. Yes. Okay. And they used to have back in the day, they had like a rockin' Space Mountain. And so you'd go on the ride, and I want to say that it was, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? Wait. I'm trying to, like, remember if I ever experienced that. My mind is just blown right now. Obviously, well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I have, but... And they played Higher Ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. I don't remember that, but that would be freaking epic. It was really cool. Because you're going through the ride, and it's just, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers rocking out as you're taking the I need to turn. bring that back. Like. Periodically throughout the year, you know? My guess is they got rid of it because people complained that they wanted the OG Space Mountain back. So, okay, did they try it for a period of time? Like, what was what was the purpose for this rockin' I version? I don't know what the purpose was, but it was there for a number of years. And they went back to the original. Really? Yeah. Well, I would be disappointed, too, if it stayed that. But I think it, it's a really cool concept to put it here and there, maybe throughout the year. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, they could do that, the Halloween one. And so yeah. it's not just like a static experience. Well, they also did the Star Wars version, too. Right? And that's right. They did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. I love Space Mountain. Yes. Go it's, on that ride. It's a staple. And if you're smart, we try to be smart. When you go to the park, go straight to Space Mountain. Get a fast pass. Yes. Because you're going to wait in a long line yes. if you don't. That That's another thing I was going to say about the Indiana Jones ride mm. is fast pass that ride. Yes. Because otherwise you will be in that waiting line for a very long time. It, right. it doesn't matter, you know, how busy uh, the park is. Even when it's it's not that busy, there are a lot of people waiting in line. So right. same goes for Space Mountain. So Space Mountain, fast pass. Definitely fast pass Indiana Jones. Yes. You could do other fast passes, but depending on, you know, how busy the park is, mm -hmm. it's more of a matter of convenience than anything. Yeah. But yeah, you could easily wait like three hours for Space Mountain. Yeah. Or Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, there's nothing more satisfying than like walking by a line of people 
because you know fast pass just like fast pass fast pass yeah yep, fast pass Corlett. i feel like a uh, wayne and garth you know yeah. with their backstage passes exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah those are our favorite non-ride attractions favorite places to eat and our favorite our favorite right. rides yeah yeah definitely looking forward to getting back to disneyland it's been way too long yeah and you know when i was pregnant uh you know we'd still go to the park and there's a lot of rides that i couldn't go on but mm -hmm. i mean if someone wanted to take a break from the rides you could easily eat your way through that park <laughs> right totally so, being pregnant and being at disneyland is amazing mm -hmm. With <laughs> no loss there exactly i mean you go popcorn corn dogs all their specialty right stuff churros and yeah. but we didn't even mention this i have to mention this you can go to the golden horseshoe oh and they have amazing food you can go I, I like to go sit up at the top level yes and then they have shows there like yeah. old style western shows mm -hmm. so yeah check that and out. they have ice cream nachos Ooh. yeah so it's like sunday nachos or something like mm -hmm. that it's not on the menu so but you can ask for the ice cream nachos mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities to have fun at disneyland yes but you kind of have to know what you're doing so I hope that we gave you some tips here in this episode. We haven't been in a long time. We're definitely looking forward to going back. But if yeah. you want to have a good time, definitely use the fast passes. Have a plan. The app, too. The app tells you the wait times for the rides. Oh, yeah. You definitely need the app. Yeah. If you're struggling with waiting in line and all that stuff, hit up an attraction. Go eat some food. and Yeah. You can easily get online, too, and see what type of... Uh, seasonal goodies that they have mm -hmm. um, so that can be kind of like a treasure trove too you can go on the hunt for different flavored churros or candied apples and you like to get the different kinds of mickey mouse ears yes every time i go to the park i make it a point to buy a new pair of ears yep i need a room for yeah. all my disney stuff <laughs> So we're missing Disneyland, looking forward to getting back there and hoping that at some point Disney will resume annual passes, but we shall see. Alright, thank you so much, babe, for walking down the best of Disneyland with me here. Yes. Wonderful. I love Disneyland again. Um, before we end, before we before we wrap up here, let's talk about something we're watching or reading or listening to. So this week, our little family made a road trip to Monterey Bay, California. Oh yeah. Um, and on our trip north, uh, Christina, you you put on a podcast called Smartless. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Smartless. Uh, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett. I mean, that trio right there. Do I do I have to say anything else about right. this? <laughs> uh, I mean, just those names right there. You can automatically assume that hilarity will ensue. And often does. The people that they interview, stars, but they're... They're friends. You know, they know a lot of these people on a personal level. So there's so many inside jokes. And 
I mean, let's be honest, Will Arnett and um, Jason Bateman like to bust Sean Hayes' balls quite often. I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, there's not an episode that I haven't liked yet. It's a great show. Um, so the premise is that each week, each episode, one of them will invite one of their friends, one of their celebrity friends. Unbeknownst to them. Unbeknownst to the other two until they start recording. Yes. And then hilarity ensues because they're not prepared. Yeah. These are all off-the-cuff questions that they're just interested or curious about in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, we have a podcast here, our humble little podcast here. And I do a lot of preparation, whether you believe it or not. You do. You do your research. You really do. Well, thank you, my love. So I, I, I listen to the show and I'm like, oh, no. There's no structure, but it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't honestly imagine that that podcast with structure. Like, no. The unstructure is just amazing. It's, it's hilarious chaos. Yes. And what I like about it is that, well, first of all, okay, Will Arnett has an amazing voice. Oh, yeah. He's Batman. Right. Right. He's Lego <laughs> Batman. <laughs> and Jason Bateman is hilarious and poor little Sean Hayes he barely gets a word in edgewise and when he does like they just rip him a new one they do yeah but uh, when we were driving up the episode the first episode I heard was the interview with Jake Tapper from CNN yeah uh-huh really good mm-hmm and and Jake Tapper bless his heart he was doing his best to give some insight into his journalism mm -hmm. and 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 they just wanted to know if he wrote a Peloton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite episode? Um, so far, it's got to be hands down the Justin Thoreau mm. uh, interview because, I mean, Justin is apparently really good friends with Arnett and also Bateman, and uh, Sean doesn't know him all that well, but. Um, Jason Bateman was just so jazzed that uh, Will had brought uh, JT, as they call him, yeah. onto the podcast. He's like, no, sh no way. Like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And, I mean, obviously they know that this man is very, very good looking. So, <laughs> you know, they just. It's hard to tell on a podcast. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, which but, is perfect for me. Oh my god, I have whatever. a face for podcasting. Whatever. But no, they were they were. Uh, Will Arnett was giving JT Justin mm. Thoreau some grief because he's always popping off his shirt or wearing wearing the sleeveless sleeveless, yes. sleeveless shirts. And I yes. guess he had planned one Christmas to uh, to give Justin Thoreau uh, a box of just sleeves. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, if you listen to that episode, I mean, your sides are probably going to be hurting because the banter between all of them, I'm yeah. not just the three, but, you know, uh, with Justin in the mix, it's just such an amazing vibe captured uh, on a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that the show is not particularly structured. Right. But you, but you do get to know their guest by how they jump into the fray. Yes. By how funny they are, how they can kind of roll with those threes. Yes. Punches. And usually Sean Hayes has the the interesting questions. Yeah. And Will's just like, oh, 
balls, you know, or, you know, cut the haze. Like, seriously, you're going to freaking ask him this. Oh, my God. He's just. Yeah, he's like, uh, I'm going to ask him his favorite color. <laughs> that was my Will Arnett impression. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, great yeah. show. Smartless. Check it out right after you listen to a conversation on tap. Yes. Check out Smartless on the uh, podcasting platform of your preference. Mm -hmm. The one thing I got to say about that podcast is that the ads in that podcast are oh, just endless. There are a lot of ads, I noticed. But like you said, the ads are funny. They read the ads, and yes. so it's funny in that yeah. way. But there are a lot of ads. So you're welcome, listeners. No ads in conversation on tap. Right. Yeah. Having said that, I am going to cut right here for our very first ever ad, free of charge, Sam Rocha's Folk Phenomenology. Check it out. Here we wow. go. Mixing your suffering with humanity and comedy. Thinking a little bit more about who we are as people. Each and every person has some sort of gift of prophecy. That man lost years. I mean, he lost years of his life, but mm. he also lost, at least within just the deportation proceedings, constantly. And I was right there losing with him. I never want to lose sight of that. You know? Like... I never want to lose sight of those moments where God grew small with me because I felt small. And he didn't tower over me. He, he sat there with me. When you read people who have deep spiritual lives, the closer you get to the end, the more they all sound the same, which is like yeah. God alone, nothing but love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the saints are just many, many different flavors of that one message, eh, I think. Quien a Dios tiene, nada le falta. Sometimes when I see people at the gym, they PR every time they're at the gym, which congratulations, but true technique and growth comes from gradually building up the weight, making sure that as you increase weight, your technique remains intact, your body memorizes proper technique. One thing that I didn't realize when I stepped foot on the property was that I was going to see a Catholic church at a fort where enslaved people were kept. Yeah. And not only that, but like it's in it's in the square, like in the middle, and the main dungeons are underneath. So it's like I have to think about hundreds, maybe thousands of people being kept underneath while the someone is saying mass above, above on top. I think we just remind each other, you know, we remind each other of how beautiful and wonderful God is, and this is our church too. He opens his eyes and looks at me. Suddenly, Augustine is there. Not the broken man upon the bed, nor the bishop, nor the shadowy figure in the atrium where I did not have the courage to light the lamps and look into his eyes for fear I would see my own suffering figured there, him saying over and over, our son is dead. Me talking is not going to reach a lot of people, me talking about these problems, but writing a story that humanizes someone who's going through that might touch them and open their eyes in a different way. I had this very grandiose theory when I was much, much younger about artists being kind of the last shamans or mystics of a 
post-religious, post-industrial culture, that we don't really have a lot of people who commune with the spirits. We don't have a lot of stigmatics or prophets, but we have artists who can be acceptably out there. Folk Phenomenology, Season 1, every Tuesday, July 6th to November 16th. Please follow on your favorite app or platform. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. You could do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. And YouTube. And YouTube. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers, and thank you for co-hosting again. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Y a bordo, permanezca sentado y mantenga las manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo. Y cuide a los pequeñitos. Y ahora, prepárese.